Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we have an end of year reflection. How are we here already, honestly? <laughs> What are you laughing at, by the way? We've just like entered the podcast and you're laughing at me. <laughs> because normally we have an in, like a chat off air for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but then yeah. one minute and you're like, go, let's go. So I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'm in a mood again, as always. <laughs> every time we do it, though, like every time we have chats before we get into the podcast, I'm like, Danny, this is the podcast. We should what are we doing? It? We should be recording it. Probably get in trouble sometimes, but we should be recording it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for today, we really wanted to have a little bit of an informal um, reflection with each other. So Danny and I are going to be super honest and transparent um, in this. I hope we are, Danny, like yes. I definitely am. Yes, um, yes. And I think it's really important to do so uh, with these questions that we've got as well. This was inspired by a webinar that I did with some of my clients um, on the weekend. And I must say, it was freaking incredible. It was so nice to reflect and be honest right? Because it's so important that when you're reflecting out or when you're journaling or doing any sort of like, you know, looking back in hindsight, there's no point just putting pen to paper and reflecting on all the beautiful things that happen in life, you know, and that's often what can happen. People don't want to reflect on the shit. Mm. Um, people don't want to look back and go, you know what, I could have done this better. Um, or, you know, this probably wasn't good enough. Or, you know what, this just is the way it happened. And I didn't anticipate for this to happen. And that's when the magic occurs, right? Like a lot of us go through challenges, a lot of us go through hurdles, but it's on the opposite side of that, that we get the lesson when we look back in hindsight through the challenges. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to do that with you today, live on air, air Daddy. Live on air. I found it quite interesting, um, the process, because you don't often give yourself space to reflect. You know, well, kind of we do and the people in our immediate industry and circle who listen to us, but because we kind of, yeah, prompt it. But Day to day, month to month, you almost forget what you've done. Even if you've like gone to the moon, like something massive, you forget the impact or you forget what you've actually done, whether it be good or bad. And it's quite interesting in the moments, you know, when you just have those days where you think like the world is ending and it's the worst day of your life, you get through it. And then in hindsight, you're like, oh my God, it was actually mm. like, it was still bad but it's like it wasn't as impactful as in that moment so everything is literally just a snapshot in time and mm. time continues on so yeah it's it's always interesting allowing yourself to reflect and go shit that was hard but I actually got through it like yep you gotta high five yourself Oh, absolutely. You've got to be your own inner hype girl um, and really yeah. like reinforce all the things that you're doing. But today we really like we've we've condensed like sort of quite a few questions into four um, ones that you can spend more time reflecting on, which is what we're going to do today. We'll put these in the show notes as well for anyone that wants to do this in their own time. Um, but we might kick it off if you're ready, Danny. Yeah, I want you to answer the first one because then oh. I know how how um, in-depth we're going to go today just because you've done this before. So can I ask you the first one? Yeah, And right. for the listeners because I want you guys to write these questions down mm. and then do it yourself as well. Really powerful stuff. All right. All right. So number I'm one. You're nervous. All right. <laughs> this could be some deep stuff. Um, so number one, what are three words to describe your year? So for each of those words, describe why you chose them and was there any specific situation or period that prompted each word? Mm. So when you're doing these as well, and this is something I tell myself, like note down whatever the first thing is that comes mm. up, like try to not overanalyze it. I think it's really important because usually the first answer is the right answer. We've all done multiple choice, right? <laughs> like it's like never overthink it. I fail every time because I overthink. Yeah. Um, so I noted down the three that uh, came up for me and I'll um, like go through them and just sort of like say why I chose it. Um, the first word that came up to me was pivotal. Uh, and the reason why I chose pivotal was because I've had so many like pivotal moments throughout the year where I've had to really like stop and think and analyze and change paths and be like, oh, this is like a big moment, right? Like if I pick this, I'll literally go down this avenue. If I pick this, it's like, I'll go down that avenue. It's like when I went to uni, I flipped a coin and that was a pivotal moment for me. I was like, <laughs> I love that. I'm going Bendigo Ballarat, right? And wow. when you go to uni, it completely changes your life, right? Like where you choose to go, it's completely, I flipped it on the course I did too so it's uh, and that's, what was that's, the other option aside from midwifery social work 
Wow. I know. So you can imagine how different your life would be, right? With these pivotal moments where you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And with these pivotal moments for me throughout the year, I've honestly had so many, like so many pivotal moments, like where I am now in comparison to 12 months ago, like it's just the pivotal moments really do dictate that for you. So having all of these um, like changes, I've really had to become quite instinctive and I feel like I've become quite good at just leaning on my gut and like just, you know, it sounds a bit wishy-washy, but like just trusting the universe and being like everything will just go in the way that it's supposed to. Um, and I still feel like I'm going through the season. Like I feel like this season's like probably going to be a couple of years long and I'm like probably like 70% through it. Um, so it's hard to know, but yeah, Pivotal was the first one that come up for me. Yeah, and I love that you explain sort of the rationale behind your decision-making. Obviously, flipping a coin, that's pretty ballsy. But then mm-hmm. um, you, you still get people who struggle to make decisions. So in those big decisions, I know you kind of touched on it, but, like, how do you actually do it? Or what would your advice be to someone who can't make decisions? Do you think it's a confidence thing or what? what's your take on that? Yeah, I think for me, like, I was quite fortunate with a lot of the, um, and I'm, I'm mindful with that word as well, because we all create our own sort of fortune in the areas that we put ourselves in. But I've been quite fortunate over the last couple of years that whenever I've had to make pivotal decisions or big changes, I've had a lot of like, psychological safety around me. So I've had like a lot of people supporting me. Um, You know, I'm a very good saver. So I've always had like, you know, financial safety as well. And I've got incredible parents that support me and a great partner, an awesome team. So I've had like the safety net behind me. Um, And as I get further along, and even as like we're scaling in business and just moving different directions, like now I have a home and like, there's just more weight to responsibilities. It's not as easy as flipping a coin, doing whatever the hell I want to, because there's (laughs) ripple effects. Now that I've got some of those things where I probably can't make huge ambitious decisions because of those ripple effects. Um, I think it's really important for me to um, like know that I've got still safety there, but be a bit more cautious. So some of these big pivotal decisions that I've made over the last like 12 months, they were pivotal because at that time, like I had nothing to lose. Like I didn't have the the responsibilities that I've got now. Um, but yeah, now I feel like it's a different place. It's not, it's not like we're still gonna have these decisions, right? And these are all relative, but they're just different now. Like I look back, I'm like, whew, that was a big move. And I'm really glad that I made that because I, I at the moment I'm like, you know, things are tighter now. And that's going to come to my second word, if you don't mind me moving on. Let's go. Yeah. Great. Rolling on. My second (laughs) word was tight. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I just feel like everything's been like so razor thin in just like margin for error, like no room for error at the moment is what I feel. Whereas like 12 months ago, like there was so much flexibility. I could just do whatever the hell I wanted to. But this over the last, I don't know, like six, I want to say like six to nine months, like everything's been so razor tight. Um, And that's, that was just the word that come up for me, like no room for error, no margin Mm. for error. Yeah, interesting. Do you want to go to the third one? Third one was humbling um, as well. So humbling in just a sense of like, you know, having to ask for help in more areas, like recognizing that just I can't do all of this alone, um, identifying flaws, feeling vulnerable, um, at times not having that psychological safety that I've probably had in the past in different areas and just having to be like really humbled by that sense of like, okay, like check yourself, you know, like is this where you want to be? Is this really what you want to do? And then just being humbled by all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I had two off words as well that I didn't add in, but reactive and caffeinated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like they go hand in hand. I feel like they go underneath <laughs> all of yeah. that. Yeah, amazing. And it's it's really cool that you had that last factor as well, you know, growing your team. And it's been amazing to watch you grow that team because for as long as I've known you, you have been like a lone wolf in a sense of just so confident in what you're doing. You're like, well, no one else can actually teach me this stuff. And you were just, mm. you know, you had coaches, you took bits and pieces from everyone, but then you're just like, nah, I'm, I can do it the best because you were so and still are so clear on your vision. But it's a really cool um, experience to have from the outside watching you now bring people on board and then grow them and then hand responsibility over you know it's yeah it's really cool to see that because I know at the start there might have been a little bit of resistance just because mm. you're so headstrong but it's working amazingly 
yeah, easier said than done. Like yeah. it has been so challenging, but I know how important it is. Like I know how fundamental it is. And I think like for anyone that has like just such a strong vision of whatever they want to do and just such a strong ambition, you need a level of, and it's like a sort of like a double-edged sword. You need like an arrogance of like, oh, I can fucking do this. Like I'm really yeah. good. But then you also need like to be humbled and be like, but I can always be better. Like I'm yeah. real, I'm the best but I'm not good enough. You have this like catch 22 and a lot of people look at like polar, like those polarizing parts and they go, oh, well, like that's like, that must be detrimental. But it's like, that's actually the recipe for success. Whenever you look at anyone that's successful, they've got arrogance and like ego in a good way. Like I think those words are often demonized, but arrogance and ego in a good way, but then like insecurities. And I'm like, often we can look at those, but actually those married together, that's what creates like ambition and drive and just like sheer passion to do something, but then always ask for help and, and, you know, um, like lean into other areas. So anyone else that feels like they've got those pieces, you're doing a good job. I (laughs) I think you'll be most of the listeners. Hey, yeah, everyone, everyone, but enough of me. Tell me about your three words that you would use to describe your year and, you know, the touch points of why you've chosen those. Yes. So the first one, visionary, Mm. um, it's, it's just been a year to be creative and use that side of myself to come up with new concepts and ideas. And, um, we put a lot of that visionary mind into building a new gym from scratch which is you know it was a shell it was an office area upstairs you know uh, Paul did do a lot of it but it did take a lot of mapping and planning and thoughts and new equipment and what are we going to do with the team so that was really um, a new experience and then of course um, the visions in the app as well so this year was really just about okay we've We've worked for, you know, a decade. How can we now sort of tie all the pieces mm-hmm. together? Which vision do I have to to use in order to um, sort of streamline things and, and just take that next scary step? So mm-hmm. visionary was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, loving. Oh, my God. This was the first year that I felt like after lockdown I could truly travel, see my friends, you know, we caught up, you know, go to the shows again, hug my loved ones, just let my heart explode with Mm. all of the the closest people in my life after feeling trapped for, you know, a year here in Sydney. It was so nice just to be able to jump on a plane or, you know, even go out to dinner here and just have that freedom Um, with family and loved ones but then what I learned with that I forgot how hard I can love so Mm. with that came a lot of extra stress Um, I suppose we'll get into the challenges after but you know it was very loving it was a big explosion of love but then you sort of remember oh my god like when you connect with people again it brings a whole new feeling. Mm. What was different about I guess the connection from this year in comparison to like even last year for you? Oh, amazing. Um, I suppose, or even just before lockdown, like I was so, I, I suppose in that visionary and go, 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 and yep. it's my world. I know what I want right now. Like I still have everyone around me, but I'm so focused on the goal that I kind of didn't spend time connecting as mm. much anymore, sort of going through being a teenager and being the life of the party all the time to then realizing, holy shit, like I've got potential to be able to make something of myself that doesn't involve socializing right now. But then I feel like this year, after having all social aspects taken away for, for a very long time, you know, I felt so lost without it. So made that conscious effort to to socialize again within reason and just balance the two. It was like a pendulum, mm-hmm. one extreme to the other, and then found that nice middle ground. Yeah, so true. I think everyone probably feels that as well, like coming off the back end of like what feels a lifetime going in and out of lockdown to then like having to appreciate things a lot more, whether it's like connections or just your health or the weather, where you live, like all those things, just like a bit more gratitude, which has been really nice. And I've definitely noticed that in you as well, like becoming a little bit more affectionate and like. I'm soft now. You're soft as (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good though. I think it's really nice, right? The older you get, the more that you learn to appreciate those things as well. Like I think, like you said, when you're in your early twenties, you sort of don't stop to think about that because you think your parents are here forever, like you think your pets are here forever, you know, you just think that these things are infinite. But when you when you look back, you it's like 
you recognize everyone's mortality and it's like really gut-wrenching when you have to think about it. So, yeah, I definitely resonate um, a lot with you with that. Yeah, I think there was also a correlation with getting my hormones in check because I was living like years in masculine energy and then coming into, you know, getting my period regular again and tapping into that feminine side, that definitely meant um, connecting on that level that did involve being more emotional or, you know, crying when watching a movie and things like that. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, mm. And the third one, mindful. So putting the two together, so new experiences and leadership roles meant having to be more self-aware, not only of myself, but then these new people that I was working with because, yes, it's all good and well having your emotions in check, but then when you're working with teams or other people or even seeing family again, you know, you really need to be mindful and be able to read the room on what's going on because it's Mm. not as simple as saying, all right, we have to get from A to B. Things happen in life and there's speed bumps and I found it so easy to control my world. Who was Mm. in it? Who wasn't in it? What I was doing? Easy, easy. But then when you open yourself up to those relationships, you can't always control everyone else. So that was a big learning factor on how to be more resilient. I think I did lose like tolerance and the capability to deal with other people, even though I'm Mm. a big empath. When I've got my work hat on, like similar to you, you know what I mean? We know what we want, but then you also have to take other people into account when when mm. they're involved in the journey. So it was a really cool experience of just um, reflecting and being mindful as well of other people. Mm. I think a lot of us, we have like, you know, a, a tendency to really want to control everything. And it's no surprise that Danny, we're like that. I mean, like we've been through a lot of things where it's like, I will control every gram I put into my mouth, every step I do. Like we controlled everything. And then when you get into the real world, you realize you're like, holy shit, like I act, like what do I have control over? And it's really like important to realize the only thing we actually ever have control over is our attitude towards situations. Like there's a lot of times we can't even control what we do. Like sometimes things just happen to us and it's just like sheer luck, right? Like no one asks for poor health or issues to happen around them. And, you know, some it, the only way we can look at is like how am I going to control how I see the situation or my attitude or my response actually to it. Um, so, yeah, I definitely resonate. What In summary, what were your three? again um they were visionary mm-hmm. loving and mindful yep nice visionary loving and mindful love that love it mine were pivotal humbling and tight, <laughs> tight isn't, doesn't even fit, but i couldn't think of another word i could make sense when you explain it yeah when i was like rigid almost yeah, yeah yeah that's probably a better no word. tight's good your words are fine <laughs> they're fine they're great yeah yeah yep. and caffeinated of course and cap up <laughs> Yep, add that one in. <laughs> oh, but that's number one. So think about what your three words are as well. Like first things that pop into mind um, and then try and think about, you know, the specific situations or why you've chosen them and expand a little bit on them. Uh, Danny and I have obviously spoken these out loud, but doing this in a journaling practice, like in your own time, like it's really nice to be able to reflect on like how you would describe it and look back on the last 12 messy months. I know, right? 12 messy months. Okay, number two. Am I asking you again? No, nah, you're up. I'm going to go. I knew it. That's why I go. <laughs> yeah. So Very second cool. question, um, what has been your biggest barrier or challenge this year and what's the biggest learning lesson you've learned from this challenge? So the biggest barrier or challenge for you this year, Danny? Yeah, I'm going to be a bit cheeky because I split it into business and personal. Just That's because they're fine. So of course you did. There's, there's a bloody table and a chart there and I'm out done. There's, no, no, you're you're great. But um, I just always find that they're two worlds, even though they're mm. intertwined, but like it's just so different. So it would be a shame to separate them. So I'll start with business, of course. Navigating through situations that are so new and because – because I am an empathetic person, I try and always see the good in people first. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot of people when you're dealing with a lot of money or timelines and contracts, there's a lot of just business people out there and maybe yeah. they don't want your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn not to take that emotion into big decisions like mm-hmm. and and ask more questions um i some it, there were some instances in which i made a decision but then sort of had to go back on it because i realized that that person was just being a salesperson yeah. and i kind of would fall 
before that. Um, so that was that was challenging. Um, I suppose we'll get into the lessons from and after, but that was a challenge in itself, just realising that some people are simply there for business and money. Yeah, it's really hard and I'm the same as you. Like you want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and you want to be like, oh, good people though, but it's just not the business world. And I think it, it sucks because every time I consume a lot of business content and I probably don't agree with 85% of it, at least. Yeah. I'm like, I would never do that. And like a lot of it is around like manipulation, which is so unfortunate. Like a lot of mm. sales training is just around manipulation, to be honest, and, you know, crying they'll buy and all this crap stuff. And it's so like- Crying they'll buy. <laughs> so like Good. masculine and like energy, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't align with me and the way that I look at business. Cause I generally believe if you're good at what you do and you love what you do, you will be successful. It's just a matter of time, right? Because it's always going to be the person who can get the most reps in for the longest period of time. Whereas if you're going to make a quick buck, um, people are just going to like try and push things or whatever it is like that can't work forever. And moreover, you can't do that forever. And if you can't make something sustainable, then why even start it? And like you said, Danny, I think sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Um, and it, it sucks because like you said, you want to trust everyone and I can't change that. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I also would hate for someone to, you know, do something wrong by you and then you lose that trust in other people, yeah. you know, because I think that's, detrimental in business too you see it all the time where you've got people that can't ask for help and they can't bring other people into their team they can't do these things because they've got mad trust issues and I think that hurts you even more in the long term yeah yeah really well said and what I have also noticed if you're having a business meeting or a zoom meeting and you might get this as well and they see a young female it's mm. like a predator-prey situation. They think this girl doesn't know what the hell she's doing. <laughs> they don't know what we do in our world or the magnitude yeah. of our work. They just think, oh, yeah, they're just doing something small. You know, they they don't actually know what's going on. So, yeah, I really have noticed. And it, it is stereotypical, but it's still out there, particularly is, dealing yeah. with, you know, people overseas and it's very 100%. robotic, transactional. They don't expect a business owner to be a young female. So they use big words, big numbers, talk quick, or try and overwhelm mm. you, try and use scare tactics. And like, yeah, it was really interesting being a part of that. But now mm. I've learned just to research the avenue that I'm reaching for help for, because yes, it's a control thing in a sense, but I feel like you and I have developed the desire to know what's going on because we don't want to be taken for a ride or we do know exactly what yeah. we want. Like yeah. why would we hand over all responsibility to someone else and have zero idea on the work that they're doing? We don't yeah. have to learn the skill to their level, but it's so important to have some sort of knowledge um, on the service that you are asking for help just to cross-check and just to yeah. know what to talk about and whether you are being taken for a ride or not. So, yeah, that yeah. was super interesting. Yeah, I relate a lot to that as well. And like I said, like consume a lot of business content, no females putting it out because it's still very new for females to even be in that space, even more so than the fitness industry, like well and truly more so in the fitness industry. Um, it's it's more common, right, for women to be sort of running some of the shows, but just not in the business world. And, you know, Danny, the same, like when we're both dealing with different companies and different services, it's always men running the show, isn't it? Like, and that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is at the time being. It's not always going to be like that. Um, but I 100% resonate with you because it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. It pisses me off. It's like, no, 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 I own this company, not, you know, like I, like it's 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 me. Like, and it's it's really frustrating, but yeah, it, it's it's just important not to get swept away in it just to try and stay in your own lane. And I always get satisfaction of being like, prove them wrong. <laughs> oh, them wrong. I've written, yeah, the reviews that I wrote on the service of the company I was working with for something, I'm like, oh, it just felt good just to not let them have it in a way. It was just like a, a stern word. Honest. It was like yeah. that, like I'm disappointed in you when your parents just like, <laughs> it was one of those because yeah. they, they, yeah, had the audacity to send emails asking for reviews on the service. And I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, Cringe. I know exactly what you're talking about oh, as well. I'm like, oh, I can't leave a review. <laughs> oh, I left a review, all right? But um, oh, what was I going to say? There are still a lot of women at the top of the food chain. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the stereotype of, you know, corporate and all of that. But I feel like women don't need to have that contest of I'm amazing and have that aggressive ego nature mm. of putting themselves out there to show the world that, um, 
they're business owners, you know what I mean? So you yeah. sort of mentioned content, it's a lot male driven, but there's still that stigma that being a business owner is cutthroat. It's ego, it's masculine, which it is to an extent, but I never feel the need to have to tap into that side as a no. woman. It's like I'm like we're in our lane, we're doing what we're doing. We don't need to prove to anyone how loud we can talk or how many sales we can get or yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a masculine feminine thing. Yeah, and I also feel though as well that men, because it is still very much a male-dominated space and energy, like what you said, um, men get more spotlight when it comes to it as well. And just like for an example, I follow this couple, this husband and wife on Instagram that are sort of like really big in the business world. They put out pretty much the exact same content. They have the same content creator person that does all the content they pretty much saying the same messaging and he's got like an extra six hundred thousand followers than her and like triple the engagement and like love and whatever and she just gets minimal right Mm. and i'm like the same message said by a man woman it's not received the same in the business world and like it's just something i've watched like as they're growing together i'm like yeah like it just is right it just it's just the way it is um and like it will change over time of course but it's just the way it is, unfortunately. Look at your face. I knew that would get you going. Good. It, <laughs> it's true. It's something that we're very passionate about. Um, yeah. And I'll just move on to the next point as well. So in from a personal sense, all of those challenges naturally sort of bleed into your personal life. So mm. I really had to learn how to deal with the personal relationships during highly stressful situations, both in and out of work. Again, I mentioned the loving side. So mm. getting more in my face with my loved ones meant, meant, you know, you just want everyone to be living their best life and to be super happy and nothing bad ever happens to anyone. Mm. But obviously it does because that's life. I almost had to relearn um, how to be resilient and how to, you know, just step back and let people do their thing rather than trying to fix everything and help everyone. And even between Paul and I, when things were so stressful with work, like it's so hard to not take it home and let it consume your personality. Like when the gym was being built, that was one of the most testing times ever. Like he had to go through so much. Like it was much easier for me because I was navigating the app side of things. Um, But then, yeah, for him to have a timeline to build a gym, super stressful. And then we really started to have a different lens on each other and it was fucking hard. So I really had to learn how to navigate through that, Um, Mm. which means just, you know, the communication side of it, realising that there were new traits brought up in both of us that we hadn't explored because it's all good and well in the honeymoon period. Yeah, We'd been together a year prior, but it's still that honeymoon period. And then when shit gets real, it's like, oh, my God, it feels like a different relationship. And you start Mm. to question everything and it's like, whoa but yeah obviously we're so good now but that was a really testing thing to separate business and personal but then not completely because you're still taking it home you're still those people um, just learning how to get through that and not kill each other (laughs) when was that period when was the gym like being built the new gym when was that period from I think around May until July so yeah. the space of two months, but it yeah. was stressful for him. Like there were contracts. We had the other space that we had to match up the lease ending. Yeah, with the of course. And it was, you know, contractors messaging and he was pretty much the whole project developer. So he had yeah. to go there, organize paint, this, that, walls, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. And then I, I resonate a lot with yours in terms of like the personal professional thing, but what do you feel like the overriding lesson is um, from those pieces? Uh, again, I learned how responsive I am to people's energy, but just being able to, like, if something doesn't feel right, you have to talk about it. Mm. But even if you're in different modes, someone's in really work mode and the other one's not, like, if it doesn't feel nice in your heart and it needs, like, expressing, you have to be able to talk to one another about the issue, whether it be your immediate partner, whether it be your parents or a friend, like, you can't let that shit eat you up because it can actually transform you mentally and you start Mm -hmm. to have thoughts that you've never thought before or you might lose your confidence or might go the other way. You might become really ego-driven and have to prove everything to everyone. So thoughts are so powerful and I feel like your personality and persona and energy can change in a flash. So don't let it 
you just have to do the uncomfortable thing and bring it to the surface and just talk about it and then come mm-hmm. up with a solution when the time's right. You don't have to fix everything then and there, but you have to highlight, hey, something doesn't feel good. Yeah. Communication's everything, like mm-hmm. in every relation. It lets a lot of people down. Like I don't know how many times like I've said in my life, like oh, I wish you told me this earlier, like we could have prevented this. Like I don't know how many times we've probably all said something like that. Um, and clear is kind, you know, when it comes to a lot of these things. Often we don't want to tell people because we don't want to offend them or we don't want to, you know, be a, bo- a nuisance or whatever it might be. But it's like when you don't, these little things become big problems. And I'm always like, Tell me before it comes an issue, like whether it's with your partner or like you said, with your friends or with your team, whatever it is, like tell me, even when you think, oh, I just want to let you know, like you'll never annoy me. You'll never annoy me because I know the repercussions of actually not opening your mouth and where we can end up. So yeah, really good share. Thank you. All right. What about you? So what has been your biggest barrier or Mm. challenge this year and the lessons learned? Very similar to you, to be honest. Like I just had down like learning how to juggle business with personal goals and lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. Resonate a lot with you. This is mine and Luke's first year as like a, um, I guess, a couple in business together. <laughs> um, so learning how to keep personal life and professional life separate, but then also not. Like yeah. it's it's impossible. It's really impossible when you work with your partner and business with your partner. Like I don't know how many times we've like been in bed talking about business. And that's yeah. like a big thing where I'm like, we can't be doing this. Like, or at least or when it's going well, it might help in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> like not the problems. Don't bring me the problems. Yeah. Right? No. It just impacts everything. And um we moved into like the new place. I can't even remember like middle of the year and we like renovated the studio which has been really good to have that external because obviously we work from home um but yeah I often just find it bleeding into the household with like business talk or finances talk or direction talk and because we've got so much going on it's just like the chapter that we're in um so learning how to juggle everything and then also not just relationship wise, but personal goals. Like I feel like this year I really haven't had much personal goals. And it's just the the season that I've been in in terms of like my own training's gone on the back burner, like for the whole year at least. I've definitely still been ticking the boxes, but I'm like, this is the first year where I'm like not first in my own eyes. Like it's like something else is first, which is the season I'm in. But yeah. learning to acknowledge that and be okay with it is one thing being like okay I just have to learn to put this second personal goals lifestyle even relationship like Luke and I are very much couple second at the moment and that's okay it's just the again the season that we're in um we definitely have couple of days but it's just about making sure that you know we're both on the same page like we both know that this is the season that we're in we both know that we're just like slogging through at the moment to make life easier in the future and that's okay um so personal and professional trying to marry them together but then also split them apart yeah have you created in terms of like the conversational side of it first have you created barriers like we talk about this at this time or do you just know how to read each other like how did you how have you been working on that Mm, we're pretty good at reading each other I will be honest we're pretty good at reading each other but when both of our bandwidths are so small it's tricky because I feel like anything triggers you and it doesn't actually matter what you say it's just interpreted in the way in which you want to interpret it um when your when your threshold is lower so generally like usually when one of us is like has a small tolerance the others will be okay but on the odd days when it's not like that (laughs) you're both like walking on thin ice um it's about reading each other and then you know like I think just trying to I'm pretty good I will admit I'm pretty good at zooming out like you know if things aren't going well Luke's always like everything's he's got attention to detail perfectionism Mm -hmm. stuff right where which is amazing um but I'm pretty good at at sort of going you know what the universe will do what it does like she'll be right sort of mentality whereas he's not like that um show me the data that proves she'll be right and I'm like the data's what's happened not what's happening like I'm like you know we're on separate sort of things which is really good because we're opposites in the way that we think so it works really well um, but I think in terms of communication, like, of course, we're still figuring it out. We definitely got times where I'm like, we, like, we need to leave this. And we just know where I'm like, 
I don't want to talk about this, you know, and we're just really clear. So I think communication is like a massive strength that we've got. And unfortunately, Luke's quite self-aware. I'm quite self-aware. We can sort of identify it and really talk things out. Um, and I'm big on that. Like if we ever get into an argument, like we talk it out. Like I don't just like leave things because I'm like, I don't have time just to leave things and let this grow. We need to like talk it out now. So I think communication is just like a big strength of ours. And yeah, we're pretty good at reading the room, I would say. You've got to be good at reading the room. And that is awesome. I mean, you guys are definitely sort of opposite in a sense of attention to detail versus forward thinking and planning and creating. But as you said, it, it does work well when, you know, no one's walking on those eggshells and thin ice. Yeah. Yeah. Can totally relate. Yeah. yeah. Good. Thank you. And my lesson from all of that as well is that there's no such thing as balance. Um, I think we're sold this idea of balance. We're sold it, right? Like, oh, I should have balance and flexibility and it's true, but it's like actually everything just happens in seasons and that's just what I've accepted this year. Like this is just the season of like business growth. This is the season of growth. Like how do you expect to grow in all areas at once? You can't. Like other things have to go on the back burner and accepting that this is the season for growth and accepting that this is just our scaling season and we have to give all of this, like all of ourselves to this, it allows Luke and I to put our relationship second, you know, which is so fine. We put our relationship second. Do you mean that in a sense of, because sorry to interrupt, but I'm so curious around that. Like, obviously you guys are doing this in a relationship. So do you mean like maybe the stereotypical relationship from the movies where you go out and hold hands and frolic around? Like, is that like, is that because this is a power couple relationship. It's still a relationship. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I think when it comes to like romantic relationships. Okay. They need work, right? Like you need it. And we've always had to do this because like shift work and schedules and Luke's holidays never aligned with mine. So I've always had to do it. Like we'd have date night every week and would always work on our relationship to try and make it better. Whereas we just haven't been able to do any of that, to be honest. Like a lot of our conversations are centered around work. Um, you know, we're working big days, working long hours, and there's there's not a, there's not much time for holidays and that sort of stuff. So I would say Yes, in terms of this, the stereotype stuff, um, but it's just that the energy is different. I'm a big believer yep. in like we have a certain amount of energy to give every single day, right? Whether that's consumed physically or mentally or emotionally, it doesn't matter. It's still a battery. We start with 100%. Um, and it's like when all of that energy is going towards that, like expect your gym sessions to not feel amazing. Like expect your adherence to certain things to not be 100%. You know, the energy is still going to waver. So I think for me, like we've had these conversations, like this is just the season we're in. You know, yep. we, we have to push it. There's no point getting angry at things that we don't have time for. We're not making time for it. And actually making time for these things is more stressful. So I think yeah. knowing what like season you're in as well, knowing that seasons aren't forever too. Like this isn't forever. And it's another thing is like, I really want to enjoy this. Like it's only going to ever happen once. And we need to be okay with that. You know, we're not trying to do it all. Um, but it's like to get through I think acknowledging that you can't do it all and that balance doesn't exist um, has actually been really helpful for me. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've got to do a massive week, massive month. Like it's a push phase. Um, it's not forever and balance <laughs> mm. doesn't really exist. And I can waver other elements of my life. I don't Amazing. know if you've been through a similar chapter in terms of the balance where you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to have all my shit together. And I'm supposed to be meditating and hitting my steps and going to the gym all the time. I'm supposed to be doing all these things, but it's just out of balance. And that's probably okay. There's never balance. I totally agree with everything you've said. And I feel like we've realized that for a while, you know, without competing and all that, it just shows up in different forms. And I don't want balance. I don't, I don't want balance. What we're doing yeah. is amazing and we're getting results. And, you know, why, why try and train for four different goals? You know, strength, hypertrophy, flexibility, I don't know, whatever another one is focus on one at a time. It's exactly the same as your training, right? You're, it yeah. comes in seasons. And I really love how you've been um, using that phrase, seasons. They come and go. you got to ride it out. Amazing. Yeah. Sometimes I'll like, I'll say to Luke, I'm like, you know, one day we'll look back and laugh at this. I'm like, we can't do it now. But I'm like, one day we'll look back and be like, oh, that was a fun season. Like, I know, I now know why we went through it. I'm like, yeah. you can't, you can't joke about it now. And I'm like, no. oh, obviously Luke doesn't take that. Like, so wait <laughs> <laughs> just hand him another beer like in that story that was the best I was feeling that for him I'm like fuck it. he seems like he deserves that beer well you both do but I, I really loved that you had that playfulness around it as well when the time's right though with our boys because they're both you know very attention to detail time and a place to joke around you and I oh, muck yeah. around a lot but 
You know, we're very lighthearted in what we do and we don't often get super fired up, but these guys, yeah. like, there's a time and a place for the banter. It's yeah, funny I, just pushing a little bit, though. <laughs> I know Paul would be exactly the same. 100%. I, I have a sense, though, I'm like, men and women deal with shit very differently, right? Like, men and women deal with stuff very differently. I don't get fiery often at all. Like, to no. be honest, I've got to be really... I don't know, something's got to be really triggering for me to get fiery, but it's about knowing how your, you know, your partner, whether it's like your relationship, like in a relationship dynamic or in a business dynamic or friendship, like it's about knowing how they respond as well because some people like getting fiery for them is probably important, you know, for them to be able to sort of like resource out and shift gears, whereas for us it's like cracking a joke and, you know, doing (laughs) things in a different way. So self-awareness like for your better other is so important. Yeah, for sure. Should we move on to the third one? This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're up, I think. (laughs) Yes. Um, If there was one piece of advice or reassurance that you would have given yourself this time last year, what would it be? Yeah, so the piece that come up for me, and we're sort of touched on this, but um, I wrote down, make sure you stop and smell the roses. You'll never go through this season again. And one day, in brackets, not yet, you'll look back and appreciate it. Um, and I think whenever I listen to anyone's, like, stories, there's always this season. There's always this season. Like, every single person goes through this season in some way, shape, or form. And I always think to myself, like, pressure is a privilege. You know, feeling tight is a privilege because I've put myself in this position. It didn't have to be this way. I chose it. And when I take that ownership back on myself of like choice and, you know, having having the the privilege to feel tired and pressured and whatever it might be, um, it'll it actually helps me have that lightheartedness that, you know, is really important to enjoy it because I think what's the point of going through stuff if you just hate it? And I've been trapped in that situation, probably both have Danny, where we're like, waiting for the goal we're like waiting for the stage we're waiting for the end date we think that's the thing like we think that's the thing it's actually not the thing it's not the thing at all um it's the process to actually get the thing so now knowing that and it's funny how like one area or like you know one one sort of like um one goal in your life, it can teach you so many lessons. And I've learned a lot from competing from that, being like, oh, this actually isn't all it's cracked up to be because yeah. once you get to that goal, you just want the new one. And I think that's going to happen forever. Like I said, it's the two polarizing parts that are actually really good, like being okay but then never being, like, content. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just definitely stop and smell the roses. I'd probably go back and just tell myself to slow down a little bit more over the last 12 months because I feel like it's gone like that, like, this time last year, like, December. Where have we gone? I feel like I was just starting to plan for the things that I've executed this year um, and I'm not out the other side. But knowing that time is not a real thing, it's more of a perception. Like, busy is a feeling, not a thing. We either feel busy or we don't. Yes. It doesn't dictate by the actual time I have and you have and we all have the capacity to slow down the way in which we're experiencing things and that's really what I want to do with this year like the 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 12 months is going to pass but if I can actually be more present through it and more like enjoy it a little bit more and just slow down I think it'll just allow me to appreciate it as I go through it that's amazing. And it's it's definitely easier said than done because you do get or you can get used to that feeling of busyness. It's an addiction. Mm. It If we don't have that little bit of um, functional anxiety, you might feel, you know, words coming up that you're you're stagnant, you're not achieving, you know, you, you could be doing more, like you don't deserve yeah. to sit down. So it's, it's a big balance between that. Um, but for people, you know, slowing down looks different to everyone. It might mean half a day you have off in a week. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to completely stop everything that you're doing. You might just take your foot off the brake a little bit or just spend time in a day to not be on your phone so you can look around and be present. Like slowing down can be micro or macro. So I really love that that's a focus for you next year. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like for you because it's definitely different for everyone but um mm. you have been full steam ahead this year but for good reason you've achieved what you've set out to for the year more to come as you said but you know it's served you a purpose in this moment in time yeah for sure for sure what about you what's your one piece of advice or reassurance that you would have given to yourself this time last year yeah I still because I've been separating and I have to separate, separate <laughs> I, I know I'm that person that just can't give I love one. it 
one answer, which is interesting, something maybe I have to work on, but, you know, professional-wise, which we have sort of touched on, ask loads of questions and seek another opinion if something feels off, you know. Again, I handed that trust over to some people who deemed to be the experts in their field and then realized, hang on a minute, I probably shouldn't have just straight away taken that as face value. Um, Also, when it comes to being a leader, I would tell myself, no one has your mind and your mindset, so you can't expect Mm. people to be mind readers. Explain your requests clearly and thoroughly. A lot of the times I thought that people would, you know, think, the same as me and realize, oh yeah, this does need doing, but without me actually saying it, which wasn't Mm -hmm. fair on the other people because they can't read my minds. They can't see my vision unless I lay it out clearly as well Mm -hmm. and and let them know. Yeah. Um, And then personal, keep your cup full. You 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 love so much and care so much, but it, it will tire you out if you give too much without um, realizing that people have their own world and you can't wear everyone else's responsibilities. You can be there for people, give your best advice, but try not to overinvest in the outcome, whether it be good or bad. At the end of the day, if people want to change, then it's on them. So that's yeah. that was a big energy taxing thing for me with my loved ones, like wanting to help so, so, so much that I put myself on the line too much and probably made it about me in a sense of, did I help enough? How much did I mm. do to not regret if the outcome didn't happen the way we want? Like mm. it was kind of a bit of that. So I had to realize you can help and give advice, but look after yourself. And if they don't want to change, then that's not your fault. Mm. Was there anything that helped with that last piece? Like when it comes to, you know, not not trying to create change in others for yourself and being like, oh, actually, this is the expectation I want from myself on them. Um, was there anything that sort of helped with that to sort of let your family, because it's tricky when it's family, mm. let family and friends just do what they got to do and you just sort of sit on the back burner and just observe? Thank you for for asking. I suppose, yeah, it's, it's always so much more um, emotional or impactful when it is mm. your family. You just have that connection or even a very, very close friend, you know, someone you deeply care about. So the repercussions are a lot more emotional rather than transactional and robotic. Um, I think still just reassuring myself that, you know, everything that I can offer I have, but I don't have to offer everything. And and to to have that sort of drilled into my mind, I had to ask other people or talk Mm. to someone else about situations where they said, hey, yeah, and reminded me, you've done your best. This is all you can do. Um, I'll do what I can do, you do what you can do within your means, but then just being able to ask for help for other people and another way of thinking because whether it be in this situation or another, you can get stuck on things or you start something and then you, you can't stop until there's an outcome and you can get a bit obsessive by trying to get an outcome, whether it be business or personal, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to break that lens or that you know tunnel that you're in and say, hey, there are other avenues. We can share the load or you know, you don't have to do it all. So yeah, it was really full on and interesting. Lots mm-hmm. of lessons. Mm. One of the like sort of follow-up questions that I had that we don't have included here, which I think it would be good for you to even think about, Danny, is, um, you know, where did you find yourself in the last year going for, uh, going to or for who or what for support, motivation or inspiration? Like where did you find yourself going to for those key pieces to be able to get you through these things? Because it it forces you to externalise that, yes, we all need those pieces because especially when it's tight relationships like family, um we often don't have the internal pieces to be able to navigate that. We often need to externalize and and look around us and go to external people outside of the family to be yeah. able to find it. Um, and the places that we go to or the places or the people, and that's why it's who or what, it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a person. Like where do we go for inspiration, for motivation and support? And I know a lot of people like, oh, inspiration, motivation, like mm. we can generate that, like we can build it. It's when people constantly rely on it. But it's like a drug. Like if you need a little bit of motivation, like if you know that you go to this person's Instagram page, like and you you feel better for going there, why not use that? Or if you read this book or if you call your mum, like all these pieces, places and people, they really help to be able to pull yourself out of like sticky situations. And when we know that we've got these things or people, we can use them more. Like they're tools to be able to lean back on. 
Yeah, I've been very good at self-soothing, I think, because mm. I've spent so long, like, not in a relationship, just living on my own, doing my own thing. Still amongst a lot of people, you know, the resources that probably help a lot are just, you know, as you said, reading a book or doing yep. your work or something like that. But a mistake that a lot of people make is they try and get life advice from every single avenue in life from one resource or one person. Mm. So... It's like you need to pick your friends that you talk about certain things with. Yep. You know, you need to share your goals and dreams with people that you trust, people who aren't going to shut you down. You go partying with your party friends. You yes. work with your work friends. You train with your training friends. You know what I mean? So I mm. feel like people just don't have enough resources or they just put all their eggs in someone else's basket, which isn't fair for anyone. You've got to yep. separate your resources. 100%. you got to know who to take advice from. Um, and that and too. There's, there's also as well like the responsibility piece of like I'm even mindful like if if I don't want advice from someone don't ask do you know what I mean like don't ask for advice from that person if you aren't ready to because we just get triggered by it you're like that's shit you don't even listen to it right and it just tarnishes the relationship so it's like you know I'm not gonna ask my mum for fitness advice do you know what I mean? No. Like know where to go, know who to ask. Um, but, yeah, really good, really good share. There was two actually that sort of come up for me off the back burner when you were saying that that I didn't mention that I just wanted to highlight because I know yeah. it's probably relevant for a lot of people. But one thing that I've really learned the hard way this year is around expectations of other people. Um, and when you were saying, Danny, of, of uh, <laughs> when you were saying, <laughs> well, people just don't like I just don't think like that. And mm. every time I put an expectation or had an expectation of someone else, it they've let me down. And I think expectations a lot of the time usually result in disappointment. Um, So I'm not saying don't have expectations or not have boundaries or standards. That's very different. But when we put our expectations of how we do things onto other people, we have to know that that's just not the case, especially if it's your relationships, your family, your business. Why would anyone else have the exact same attention to detail as you? They're not going to. And often we can't, we go, oh, well, I would do it this way. And it's like, yeah, but that's you. And like, you're an anomaly. Like you're not going to, like there's not hundreds of you, right? And we all have that in different areas as well. Like there's, there's people that would absolutely think that about us. So it's just about taking your your expectations and separating it. Like they're yours. Um, what are their expectations? Because they probably look very different. So that's something that I've definitely learned the hard way where I'm like, oh, mm. you know, I feel let down. And that's just because it's my expectations of what I would do, not necessarily what they had signed up to do. How do you think that we can stop that from happening? Because it does happen a lot. We do have firm, rigid or tight expectations in a sense of we just know that what we want will work for the outcome that we want. Mm. Like how do you sort of break that? Mm. Well, something I've learned, again, the hard way is set them. Like set them right at the start. So like instead of just assuming that these are the expectations, like, you know, outline them together so they've got the opportunity or at least that they know rather than just expecting the standard of what you feel like should be done because common sense isn't common, right? And now I totally understand why, you know, even in other jobs and roles that I've done in the past where like everything is laid out in a job description, we do the same thing, like absolutely everything where it's like these are these are non-negotiables, these are standards, these are expectations. Um, and then it just allows difficult conversations to not be difficult because it's sort of like, oh, we agreed on these things. And then it's sort of everyone just comes to the party. And it also gives the opportunity for other people where if that's not the expectation, they'll, they can voice it or you can shift and change it, be reasonable around it. Yeah. Um, and then it just helps you set them together rather than you having expectations for them. That's really good. So, you know, within reason, set the expectations together or be open to discuss Mm. them as well. I love setting it as well. And what I learned, and I used to be like this, and I think I still, no, I used to be like this when I was younger and had people that I was working for. You never want to let them down. So Mm. a lot of people are scared to say if the expectations are out of their means. Everyone always overestimates. Or even when people sign up for coaching, yes, I'll I'll train five days a week. That's what I want to do. Or they set the bar way too high. You know, Mm. we've noticed this across the board and I've been in situations when I was younger as well. You just, and then you just burn out and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not meeting the expectations because I didn't want to let that person down so I think that piece around discussing the expectations together in a reasonable Mm. way you know let's start you training three days a week instead of five straight away like 
that is so important so yeah. important but yeah, yeah people i suppose don't want to let their boss down or the contractor down so they say i can do it i can do it yes absolutely yeah. and i think as well like with expectations to setting them right from the get-go right from the start even if it is a new client hey you check in every week you know, like you set expectations, you give them clear intentions of what's expected. Um, and then you don't ignore like when expectations are dropped, you hold expectations because as a leader, you've got to hold expectations. You've got to hold people to their expectations as well. And you've also got to hold yours. Yeah. Like if if you're telling other people to do something, you better be doing it as well or like be or know how to or whatever the situation context is. But I just think that piece around expectations has been definitely something that I've had to shift this year. And the last piece was just around comparison um too and I wanted to highlight because I hear this all the time in my own sort of coaching community wherever you are and whatever you're doing we are we like it's human nature to compare and contrast it's just what you do with that that's really Mm -hmm. important like it's important to try and flip the script in your brain and sort of turn any sort of negative comparison into inspiration um, or challenge why am I feeling this way and what do I need to do differently? So really understanding for me like comparison and what this key feature is in a different area because I've never really had much physical comparison um, to be honest, but when I'm growing and when I'm scaling and when I'm like moving things professionally, there's no benchmark, there's no yep. how-to book and there's no one that knows better than you. And that's been really important for me to almost give myself the permission of being like, you know what, there is no blueprint for this. There is actually probably no one that's going to give me the answers besides my own internal compass um, and having the permission slip for that as well. So wanted to highlight those pieces around expectations and comparison. Massive, massive pieces as well. And I think comparison and from my own experience, comparison gives you a weird feeling if it's mirroring what you're not happy with. If you see, if you feel, wake up, you go, fuck, I'm killing life. I feel so good about myself. And then you walk down the street or in the gym and you see someone else killing it. You just want to high five and go, yes. yeah, we're awesome. But if you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I don't feel that good. And then you're w- wandering around, you see someone who's killing it. Then you're like, oh no, like I'm mm. never, you know? So everything is a mirror of how you are feeling. You can use it, at, to use your phrase of an internal compass, you can sort of, if you get that feeling of comparison, go, oh, my God, why has that sparked that feeling? What is it that I'm actually not happy about within myself? Because that person's done nothing wrong. They're just doing their thing, doing mm-hmm. well. So if you are not happy for that person, use it as a reflection and say, okay, shit, that is the area I need to work on. Because yeah. if you were truly happy with that, you wouldn't have that reaction to someone else doing well. Happy people want to see other people succeed and kill it as well. You know, There's plenty of room at the top. So if you feel like you're trying to stop someone, that's because you feel like you can't get there on your own as well. So, yeah, really use it as a form of self-reflection. Mm, really good. I really love that mirroring piece as well. And you're so right. Like when you're crushing it and when you feel like you've done all the things that you could, you are you want to push other people along to be able to succeed as well and give them the, like there's no gatekeeping, right? There's no holding secrets back. And you see it all the time. Like people, I'm not telling you. It's like, why? It's weird. <laughs> Help other people win. Like what's the whole sort of like, you know, you don't, the candle, everyone else like blowing out someone else's candle. Oh, light someone else. Use your candle to light other someone else's. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Your candle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to butcher it. Um, but, yeah, I really like that piece. It's good. And you always remember the people that helped you get to where you are anyway. You so you don't just go, yoink, I'm going to use that yep. advice or that help and then piss off and then never see you again. You know, it's so like true. you always think back and go, man, that person was so amazing to me at that point in time when I really needed the help, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. also listening to this podcast the other day and they talk, they had an interesting lens on mentors and they were saying like if your mentors is, is like are doing their job right, they should like get you to a point where they are, but quicker, right? So you should always like outgrow eventually or catch up to your mentors. Hopefully you're earlier than them though, right? Like you're younger, you've got more time or whatever it might be. Um, And they're talking about sort of like that gatekeepering effect, how like there's people that don't want to share all their knowledge. It's like actually a good mentor will try and get you up to their current level of knowledge Mm -hmm. and then you'll exceed them, right? Because they had to do the hard yards to learn all of that or to get to that point. Whereas now they're just giving you that blueprint for that specific 
specific thing. And then you just learn that and carry on. And I was like, that is so true. Like how many years it took us 10 years to get to this point where it's like, oh, we could get a client there in a year, give us a year and we'll give you incredible results. Like something that took us so long. And that's just the reality of like, every mentor in every different area is it took them a, a like a, a wealth of knowledge time money and resources and like time is the one asset that we just can't even put a price on because we never get it back so once you realize that other people are aiming to get you to that in like a fifth of the time like that's when you're really like holy shit like i need to invest in myself in these areas yeah, that's really interesting. And a lot of people don't want that person to get as good as them or as successful. But then it not only keeps you on your toes as a mentor to upskill mm. and, and all of that, but that's an amazing gift to give to someone. And then they'll end up using you as a testimonial. And then that gives you business. Yep. It's like when I logged onto the website of like the app, app developer I'm working with, for example, um, it's one of the testimonials was this app made X amount of money. And it was a lot of money. Rather than them saying, no, I'm going to make my own product that makes $100 million, you know, Mm. they're proud of the fact that they helped someone get $100 million, you know what I mean? And then they use that on the website and then other people come in and other business comes in. Or if you helped someone scale their business, you know, as a coach, like they will shout you out and refer you Mm. or someone built your nice website to get more money. You don't just stop helping people to try have your own journey. It's like cycle people through help them and then they'll put in a good word for you and then it always comes back and the gift of giving is better than any money you know Mm. people make all the money in the world they reach that top tier of what success is deemed to be money fame material things they all give to charity or they start you know um, a service where they give back that's not sort of money related so it's Mm. always really interesting um but you do get those people who just don't want to see other people succeed and they're the people that we say i feel sorry for you goodbye yeah i'm over here now you're over there yeah yeah no really well said really well said and last question yes what are three words that you would like to describe your 2023 and why? So I guess this is like the same as the first question, right? And it, it, yeah, it sort of just helps you like bring it front of mind and, um, you know, think about how do I want to describe my 2023 this time next year? Like what do I want to be saying that I was doing or feeling or experiencing in 12 months' time? Um, what are yours, Danny? I can't remember who we're up to. That's yours. all right. I'll just go. I'll keep it pretty short and sharp. Um, streamlined. So all of that work this year, putting mm, everything together and building the systems, I'd love to see it just, you know, pump out what I want it to now. We've got the gym going, then the app will be going the, with the programs coming out, coaches coming in and out, or not out, coaches coming in and <laughs> shit, stay with us coaches, you know, just a nice streamlined approach yeah. to things rather than having to build all the systems. Um, travel. We, Paul said he wants to go to Greece next year. So I jumped on that. Yes. My bag's been packed for bloody years. So I'll get him out of the cupboard and yeah, hopefully do a little bit more traveling. Um, even just together. I travel a lot for work. You and I always catch up and travel, but as a couple, Paul and I haven't traveled yet and he hasn't had a proper holiday in like three, four years. So that'll be good. Um, and then more love just because I'm all mushy these days. So just want to spend more time with loved ones as well and do lots of fun things and connect. Love that. I feel like when you go through those hard seasons, like you are talking about, you know, you get to sort of like reap the rewards of, you know, or what's the thing where you sort of like yield what you've sown? Like you spend all this time, like putting in the seeds and doing all the groundwork, creating systems, shit breaking, creating new ones, processes, things going wrong, doing it again. Um, and eventually you're like, when's the machine going to start? Just like turning yeah. over. <laughs> That's 100%. what it's all about. Um, but yeah, I love all of that. And travel, that is so exciting. I feel it's like foreign, isn't it? very yeah so we'll see what happens what are you planning for next year well the words that come up for me yes the words yeah I actually picked four I couldn't get rid of one I was like you did my trick that's all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah going on to four so the first one was expanding um and I wish I'd picked a word about systems now because I'm like oh shit I thought I finished growing but when I say expanding (laughs) I think what we've been doing for the last 12 months is just laying down all the frameworks for everything to expand and not be any different if that makes sense like even with the coaching and yeah the app and all the systems and the staff and all that sort of stuff we're just in this like nice you know I guess like 
building phase at the moment. Like I said, not through it yet. Um, yeah. Hopefully towards sort of like mid to end of next year, um, we can have some more stuff that isn't so draining and time consuming where everything does need a lot of attention to detail um, and focus to be done in the way that it needs to be. So expanding, uh, intentional was my second word because I feel like, as I mentioned earlier, like reactive, we've had to be quite reactive, like still planned and calculated, but we have had to react um, to a lot of different situations that have come up and I look forward to next year being a bit more planned and a bit more intentional um, and a bit more normal like we haven't had a normal well we've only been like we've only been women's health movement for one year so we haven't had like a normal sort of year and I'm just like looking forward to that Um, the third word was clarity and I don't really know why I mentioned this but I just thought this year I've had a lot of change like personally and professionally identity wise focus wise and I just think next year I'm going to find a lot more clarity with what I'm doing and just be really certain in the direction that I'm going. So I'm looking forward to that. And then the last one was just connected. I feel like this year, like I would hate to look at my toggle or how many hours um, I've spent on Zoom, like freaking tens of thousands, I reckon. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to next year being more connected in person rather than disconnected through online because even though online's amazing, don't get me wrong, if you've got an online business, you better be willing to do the work online. <laughs> um, it's just about making sure that I can then also connect because it's so wholesome and it's so like nice when you actually get to connect with people even if that's like you know our team or our broader community or just friends and family like being able to put relationships and actual human connection first um is just something I'm looking forward to next year so good almost similar isn't it our years yeah similar but different but really cool that's exciting well yep. that was so fun thank you that was your idea because you did it with your with your girls which is so cool but I feel like all of us need to do this oh 100 percent. I love I love reflecting in December and like really winding things down and looking at the year and then goal setting in January and I know there's a lot of like I don't know like oh new year resolution like sort of bullshit stuff but I'm like actually like if you're not marking in the year when you're winding down looking back reflecting like setting new goals it's just sunrise and sunset right like and you're just going to get lost away in the busyness I think having anchoring points where you really have to check in with yourself check in with your family slow down when the rest of the world does like why not why wouldn't you actually just take that opportunity and just allow yourself to come up with new ideas and find more clarity and be more intentional and connect with others like that's when all this stuff can start to be sowed, right, where you can actually put the seeds in and and do the frameworks now. Yep, amazing. So we'll pop these four questions in the show notes as well for everyone to have a go and, um, yeah, let us know how you go. Obviously, Shirella and I went in such depth and back and forth, but, yeah, let us know if you do the the activity and um, or even three of your words, just tag mm. us and stuff. It'll be cool to hear from everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again, everyone, for tuning in and listening to mine and Daddy's reflection. Um, we hope that it gave you some insight into um, like our crazy life, but then also how to do this practice on your own. And as Danny mentioned, we'll put these four questions um, in the box down below. Um, give yourself, you know, five, 10 minutes and really just sit on it. Like even though some of those questions are like, what's three words? Like you'll be really surprised when you give yourself space. And I set timers for these as well, like at least three minutes. When you give yourself space, you'll be like, oh, I'm done. And then you'll sit there and you'll be like, oh, no, wait, I've got more and you'll find more. And that's actually the power of journaling and, and putting pen to paper as well. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you did enjoy the episode, uh, as always, take a screenshot, tag us, and like Danny said, even if you want to drop your three words um, in the tag that you would like to use to describe your 2023, we would love to see it. We'd love to hear it. And other than that, everyone, have a beautiful new year. Yay. Happy New Year, everyone.